Little things are happening. I fell down. I used to trip. Do you understand? Here's how life goes. Tripping, young. Falling, old. I fell down. It was significant. I'm calling it an adult fall. And I say that because I remember as a child, adults talking to other adults about falling in very hushed, serious tones. Do you remember those conversations? Ryan, grandma fell. Did you tell her to get up? I fell six times. It's not even noon. What do you want from me? But I understand now. I have a little empathy. I had my own adult fall. I fell on the streets of New York City. People were around. I mean, there was no denying it. Everyone asked, are you okay? Yes. But let me make this point. Not everyone meant it. That's true. Two 25-year-old girls on the street go, are you okay? I mean, there was... Zero empathy in their reaction. The words came out of their mouth. What they actually communicated was, I wish my camera was on for that. That was spectacular. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. Hosted by two dudes who know how to sniff out a backing track in a concert. Elsie Fox and Baco. Well, the place in that loss, a shady lonesome boy. Wild of all those southern ladies, Crystal was the star. The minute that I entered, she got me soaking wet. A sweet smoke to be higher, out of a cigarette. I'm your host, LC, and I am joined by the master thespian, Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, and like most thespians at this time on a Sunday morning, I am just uh, scrolling through my favorite POG videos, uh, P-A-W-G, and uh, no, that's not something you want to run by your kids. Uh, Okay. Again, uh, my drip is whack, and I have no idea what that is, so I'm probably... uh, (laughs) Hopefully others are confused too. There's got to be at least one uh, listener that knows what a pog video is. I just found out what the term meant recently, so it's it's endearing and endearing to me. You know how I like to like keep things fresh. Sure, so it's P A W G. Is that correct? (laughs) Correct. All right, Google it, kids. Yeah, for all the children out there. Okay. (laughs) Who apparently have no supervision from their parents because. if they're listening Kids to this, in general. Shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What are you doing? What are you doing, Junior? I'm gonna go listen to Cobras and Fire. Okay. See All right, ya. I'll call you when dinner's ready. Yeah, that's right. Tell me what you learn. Giving uh, back by, anyway. by helping the children. That's what I'm doing. That's right. That's right. How are but you, uh, man? Yes. 
I am excellent. Um, I, uh, I, I, just got, I, I should ask, how are you, actually, uh, after your... Uh, the masterful edit, the masterful, <laughs> the masterful uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives a Cobras and Fire radio play. Or should we call it a podcast play? Is Radio Two passe? Yeah, that, I, well, I, I struggled with that. I, I just don't know what else to call it. I mean, pod play sounds kind of I don't know goofy, so I just stuck with radio play. You know, I, um, actually, I, I think you you threw it out there. And I'm like, yeah, that is what it is. So I don't know. Not, not to take credit. Yeah. Yeah. Couple couple questions for you for those of uh, have not heard it. Would you like to pimp it real quick? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we had uh, our special guest Gene Vogel and Andy Shaw um, come on on board with us for a, a marathon Sunday morning uh, ep- <laughs> a recording, basically, where we we sat down and, re- and did our own teleplay or you know radio play of the classic Friday the Thirteenth Part Six movie. And uh, we all played multiple characters. I was the narrator. You had you, you had like six six roles. I think everybody had about six roles except for me. I, I think I only did two because, well, I was doing the narrating. So yeah, so uh, yeah, trying yeah. to spread it around. And also, you guys are much better voice actors. So I had to step out of the way and and, and just suck in the brilliance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, first off, before going into anything, I'm going to give it up to the MVPs, Andy Shaw and Gene Vogel because. If anything, you know, if you want to take a detour for your career, I think they have a future in voice acting. What say you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're already doing local radio commercials. Uh, <laughs> so. I mean, if anybody needs somebody with a country accent for all vo- voices, you go to Gene. And if you need somebody that has a, has a little bit of a Minnesota accent with all those characters, <laughs> you, go to, you go to Andy Shaw, right? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I just saw on the news this morning that in Wisconsin, by the way, this is uh, October 23rd, 24th, we're recording this, to October 24th. Yeah. Uh, in Wisconsin, the police are putting out a... Uh, just a reminder that it's too early to go ice fishing because someone in Wisconsin tried to drive into a lake. And I, I assumed that in my head, Andy Shaw's voice was the one kind of, you know, just so you know, uh, it, there ain't no ice yet. So you want to wait a little bit. So. And then, then uh, ah! yeah. one of his screams yeah. from the thing, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. But, but uh, the reason I say that is that, that uh, I think they are a masters of their craft because they actually stay with the same voice that they start with. Yeah. For yeah. the character. You struggled with that a little more. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know if anybody listened. Uh, I started with a deep voice and they went to a Rodney Dangerfield type character. <laughs> and um, But also I want to give it up to Andy Shaw, too, because I, because as far as the the whole acting and everything and, and really doing the character, because I don't know if it's weird or not, but uh, uh, is it weird that I get a boner when, when during that scene when I'm listening to it when he's writing me? Yeah. Well, you're, you're picturing yourself having sex with Andy. That would give anybody a boner. You know what I mean? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I want to give it up to that Andy alone. because not only does he show up at your house, you know, a, a few minutes early on 8 a.m. on a Sunday to record something like this, he brings fucking donuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, I mean, come on. Friday the 13th, part six. If you ever wanted a radio play of a better than average <laughs> movie for its series and the genre, then, uh, eh. then we have provided that that content for you. Yeah. Better than mm-hmm. average? Eh. Eh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. I'm happy with the way it turned out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully people are digging it. But but real quick, I just want to do a quick version of the entire uh, script within 60 seconds, if I may. Ready? See if you can do it. Okay. Back to the cemetery. Back to the campground. Back to the police station. Back to the paintball game. 
back to the campground, back to the police station, back to the cemetery, back to the RV, back to the Camaro, back to the campground, back to the police station, Camaro, boys dormitory, Lakeshore, girls dormitory, Lakeshore, cemetery, credits. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. No, you just saved somebody uh, 80 minutes, so. Is that the way you always write a script? I mean, every single, it was almost like the back to the ranch. I don't think that all scripts Oh, that was actually, those were the things that that I added. A a lot of of the rewrites. Yeah, because, you know, otherwise otherwise what we'd be reading is something like, okay, next scene we set up here, we return back. You know, it's like, so I'm I'm just trying to transfer the listener to when the scene is changing and where we're going. Gotcha. And so I was, was trying to do it as easy as writing. possible. Yes. So mm-hmm. the back to the ranch rewrite. Yeah. Gotcha. D- the diehards uh, uh, of of that genre and that film will pick up on some of the some of the other more subtle changes I made to the actual script, but uh, nothing that really took away from the actual story. It was really just for some reason it didn't read well, or I wanted to add something a little different, or actually a lot of times just take something away, but. So here's a question. Then I'll be. We can move on from this. But was was original dialogue a son of a shit and bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, the guy okay. couldn't take that out. <laughs> what, and butthole what was in there too. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what I was asking. I wanted to qualify if butthole and son of a shit and bitch was original dialogue or not. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it made the movie, but it was in the original script. Yeah. I haven't Excellent. seen. Yeah, I anyway. did. I did watch the movie. I guess a few weeks ago. I just. I didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> but just just real fast again, and uh, because we like to congratulate ourselves all the time, but I just want to say congratulations on a fine edit from listening to it. I was transported into the movie with all the effects <laughs> and uh, crashing you. crashing cars and uh, whatever you know monster archive of of effects that you use. Very effective. I can't wait till we tackle another modern you know cl- modern day classic. I certainly by can. modern day classic. Yes. I say a modern day classic. I mean we'll be mining probably from the eighties again. <laughs> yeah, I've I've already started working on a rewrite of Ghoulies two. So. Oh my god! I did never see. Speaking of, have you, have you been watching Halloween movies in general? Is that something that traditionally you like fire off at least uh, five or ten during October or no? I am more in the mood this this time of year. I mean, I'll, I'll watch one you know periodically throughout the year, but yeah, I, I ramp it up. But and a lot of times I'm just kind of kicking back and checking out movies that I know that I've seen that I like. But I did uh, after my uh, twenty dollar uh, burger day. Uh, I went and, uh, by the way, copyright LC Fox. Uh, yeah, it was, it was your, it was your birthday yet again. Yeah. Once again, I had, I had yet another birthday and that means I get to have a $20 hamburger. So we're calling it $20 burger day uh, per, per your instructions. I like that. Uh, mm-hmm. anyway, no problem. So I, 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 we get home and I'm just flipping through the Amazon horror selections and I came across this one title. that just popped out at me. So I immediately watched the trailer and it's called Lamageddon. In the world. Within our world, there is a world unlike any other world. When Earth and space collide, something wrong with that fucking llama. It will be explosive. It will get messy. It will be dangerous.
dangerous. Look out! You can run, but you cannot hide. Many of our friends have perished. The greatest movie in the world. We will avenge them and we will win this wrestle between Earth and space. Llama Gadden. Llama? Llama Gadden. Yeah, like the animal. Llama, like the thing that Napoleon yeah. feeds uh, in Napoleon Dynamo. Sure. So, yeah, it's okay. this llama that's in space. And it, I, thought that was a, I thought that was a liger. Hmm. No, he drew a liger. He actually, there's a llama on their farm that he goes out named Tina that he feeds. Tina, you fat oh, yes, okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. Continue. So it's this llama that, that is cruising around space and crashes into Earth and then goes on a killing spree at some unsuspecting <laughs> teenagers that are partying after a funeral. So um, <gasps> there is this amazing scene where a bunch of partying teenagers are in a hot tub. Uh, and the uh, and, and this is the only spoiler I'm going to throw out there, but this scene is so good, it's worth just rewinding and watching ten times. The llama throws a radio into the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the guys in the, in the hot tub actually jumps up and catches it, even though they have there's they don't even know why a llama's in their fucking room or throwing radios at him. But this guy instinctively jumps up and like celebrates that he caught it, and then the llama's arm comes and slaps it into the tub anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's amazing that they have a radio. Is this in modern days or is this in the back in the day? Is it a jam box? Oh yeah, well no, it's yeah, it's modern day, but this radio is not. But uh, you know, uh, it 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 definitely falls in line with the actual budget of of the you know the movie. So uh, I mean, like the the house this thing is shot in, like there's water stains in the ceiling and shit. And, wow. Yeah, it uh, yeah, like there, there there is no real budget and uh, it uh, no no real actors. Um, like they didn't they they could not afford Andy Schall or Gene Vogel. But Lamageddon uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, so go out and check it out, kids. It's it's eighty three minutes of just pure joy. Now, if you could combine uh, that premise with human centipede, what would you call it? Mm. Human Lamageddon speed peed. I'm just saying, would be something? Would that be like comic relief while people are being <laughs> turned into? <laughs> human centipedes. The good, Man, good that first human centipede mashup. is pretty fucking twisted. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> this is this uh, was a little more. I don't know, humorous. Uh, a lot of lot of what? blood. Lot of blood. Uh, okay. And there's a Fair guy enough. who like ends up like getting tainted by the llama, and he starts turning into one, and then hatching all these weird space llama eggs. Okay. Do llamas actually lay eggs? Are that they just bred like normal? I don't know animals. I have to tell you, it's not it's not a an animal that I'm that familiar with. Yeah, uh, except that there's a lot of pu- bad puns that could be made with it now. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just surprised uh, you haven't and, asked and what the llama was doing in space. Typically, somebody has well, some dumb question like that. Like, how the fuck do I know? Listen, at one point, you just have to let it go. You know, you have to go with the premise, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if the if the main character is a llama. They go to space. Yeah. They've evolved. What do you want? <laughs> Lamageddon, five stars from Baco. Uh, Pat Francis okay. probably won't enjoy it, though. He'll find a lot of plot holes. So, uh, oh, okay. He just tweeted right. something about the, the Friday the 13th remake and was commenting on uh, the the impracticality of how the, the bow and arrow was used at one point. So, mm, uh, Okay, yeah. So he, he might struggle with the concept of a, a llama from space with glowing red eyes that kills teenagers. So. Yeah, I could find no plot holes in, in Jason Lives, though. So. <laughs> Not one. Rock solid. Rock oh, solid script. Yeah. 
Zing. Oh, boy, that's for you, Pat. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, you, 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 uh, you're known to have a little bit of a festive time this year. I know I like to take all the credit for sure. it. I've seen you decorate your house, your children uh, go, yeah. get all dressed up. <laughs> and you, de- you decorate yeah. your children. Uh, yeah, so what are you, you, you like getting into some of these movies? Uh, you seem to be a little well, more... Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Then uh, I like something kind of inappropriate for children, and you kind of go the other. Well, I like I like things inappropriate for children, but I have children, mm. so occasionally you, know, you you start watching these. This is not really a horror movie, but it's a Halloween uh, ish movie. And that uh, is hey, let me that, put uh, it let me let me ahead. put it this way: you're more Clark Griswold, I'm more Fletch. Absolutely, that's great. I love it. I know you'd like wow. that one. Is this is this Griswold or Fletch? That's, that's, that would be that would say like, yeah, you as know, far as the movie. Let, let's uh, let's uh, switch our names to Griswold and Fletch for a year. Hey, it sounds great. I, I said names, Why not, not voice. Well, that's uh, oh, is that, is that a Griswold voice? I don't even know. I think that was my Rodney again. That was your one um, voice. And, <laughs> yes, it is. What, what's going on? I want to rock. Is Doc McGee anyway. here or Vince Neil or uh, uh, yeah, pretty Paul much. No, it's a little sure. bit. It's a little bit higher. It's a nasally. Anyway, so back to this. The uh, yeah. So 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 recently, you know, right now I'm at this threshold where the kids are like eleven and eight, and I'm I'm like constantly like, okay, live action, live action. So finally, they go, okay, we'll watch Beetlejuice. You know, somewhat family friendly. Blah 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 okay. blah blah. Somewhat Halloween, and I haven't seen Beetlejuice since it probably came out in eighty seven, eighty eight, whenever it, whenever it did. And I had an opinion then. And it's the same opinion I have now. And that is, this movie is an hour of Alec Baldwin playing the most boring character, Gina Davis, who never did anything to me, and fucking Winona Ryder with a uh, a black lampshade the entire time. Boring as hell. Michael Keaton comes out, kills for like 10 minutes, movie's over. That's my synopsis. I've been saying that it. since I saw it the first time. I get shredded for that. That movie is just ridiculously boring. All God, the characters are unlikable. Even and I like Alec Baldwin as an actor yeah, typically. But, the worst, but, but yeah, this I is, love Alec too. I forgot he was in it. it. Me too. And it really is this whole thing. It's like the it's. Imagine watching a porn that was seventy minutes long and you didn't see a boob until the sixty-fifth minute. That is fucking nope. Beetlejuice. It is just and those visitors that come and and uh, is it Kat, Kathleen O'Hara? Is God? She is just yeah. dreadful in this. And that 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 fat weirdo guy that that I just <laughs> that, that he reminds me. That guy reminds me constantly of Andy Richter with black hair. There we go. Yeah, I don't even like again just. So boring. It just and 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 when Nona Ryder, I don't even know how she had a career. She she is a dead fish in, actress. in everything she dead. does. Yeah, she. Oh God. Yeah. We uh, so I watched that and, and, and everything, and, and the kids even were like, "When's Beetlejuice coming?" And I'm like, <laughs> I was like 17 when I saw that, or whatever it was. You know, I was a teenager, and I, and I was like, "What the fuck is Michael Keaton hitting here?" It's like Jaws, but done shitty. You know, you wait for Jaws, and there's a payoff, yeah. and everything like for that. But this one is like, okay, that, that okay. I'm, I'm glad. I'm. I was curious to know if you had that same, same version. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, fuck that. They, what's a better name than Beetlejuice? Uh, 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 guy in a, in a. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm I don't know. Sit, sit for seventy minutes, and then something will happen. You might, you might call it waiting room. 
You know, you're sitting in a doctor's office and everything's running late. That's what that fucking movie you know is like. That no, that movie is the uh, uh, Pam and Tommy of movies. <laughs> you're on a boat. You're on a boat for 80 minutes, and finally you see a boob, and and a, and a blow, and that's it. And then it's over, right? Yeah. Thank God so, for the internet for clipping that movie up, huh? <laughs> oh, exactly. That that Beetlejuice. The Pam okay. and Tommy porno yeah. movie. It turns out is only 38 seconds long, and it's five different scenes. Yeah, how about uh, Alec Baldwin playing boring in a uh, a black and white checkered flannel? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, all right, we, we can move on. Beetlejuice sucks. we got a lot of music talk to get into today, Luz, but I do have something oh, yeah. I, I want to share with you and the listeners uh, just to really to get your reaction to it. I did I did post this on Facebook, so maybe you, you saw this uh, a month or so ago, but I saw a recipe uh, that I am now renaming the Rock and Ron Dog in honor of our friend Rock and Ron Runyon, and I will be preparing this at every Rock and Pod in the parking lot or wherever it's at from the here to forth. Uh, and I mean that absolutely. There's no chance I'm doing this. But anyway, let me uh, go down the uh, the actual recipe here. Uh, as you okay. you and and anybody that was uh, that that anybody that knew Ron knows that guy's go to drink was what? Uh, Red Bull, the Yag Bomb, and, uh, a Jaeger, Jaeger. Okay, yeah, yeah, the Yag yeah. Bomb, which is Red Bull and Jagermeister, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. sounds yeah. fucking disgusting, by the way. And I and I'm a guy who can do a shot of Jaeger once in a while, but. Uh, Ugh. Anyway, but that was Ron. Hey, that was Ron. Sure. So here's the recipe. You take your standard kind of Oscar Mayer hot dog and you uh, <laughs> uh, you, you marinate it in uh, Jagermeister. All right. All right. So you, you let that sit overnight. And then. Delightful. Yeah. And then. That's, that's, that's my go-to marinade, by mm-hmm. the way. And then while that's uh, marinating, you, you make your. Uh, uh, Red Bull infused ketchup. So basically, it's just I no. I, I, I think it's like a a sixty forty blend of ketchup. But basically, it's just fucking ketchup and Red Bull blended together, and then it put into a bottle for use as a condiment. 
Uh, so it's orange and flammable. Yeah, there we go. And then, uh, yeah, after these uh, dogs, you got to poke holes in the dogs so the, <laughs> the Jagermeister really soaks into that fucking... <laughs> gelatinous meat um uh-huh. and uh my lord that just sounds fucking toxic uh and and the first thing i thought of was ron though i was like <laughs> sure uh, so uh yeah look for that at, in the uh parking lot of whatever uh hotel the <laughs> rockin pot is at next year i'll be selling them for 18 bucks a pop <laughs> rocket uh, rocket rod dogs all money all money going to to, to charity of, of some sort so yeah that, i think that's great i would i would pay and then immediately throw that into the trash. <laughs> I mean, um, you just get this line of people, and, and then just have a, a trash bucket at the. It's like you get your hot dog, and then you, <laughs> you, you pay for it, and then you throw it in the trash right away. <laughs> yeah, you're like they're just like, like I just wanted to contribute to the cause. You know, I'm not eating yeah, that fucking thing. To the cause, and th- thank you for putting the effort in making something so horrible. And and here it is. Here's the trash. All yeah, right. Good. So yeah, uh, that, that that could be fun. Anyway, uh, let's get into some music news here. Uh, a guy that. Uh, has been near and dear to both our hearts and influential on our lives is uh, and and a guy whose name apparently I've been butchering for six years and that's David Lee Roth is retiring. Ooh, um, nice enunciation. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I've been working on it uh, in my uh, time off time away from uh, editing uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. That's all I did. Lee, mm. Lee, Lee. So yeah, big news, kinda. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to take this. Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Zippity bippity bop. Yeah, Bozdy baby. That, that's my boozy boozy boozy. Dave TV. Come on, you gotta you got you gotta love the man. He's he's uh, it's he's retiring. But listen, I mean, anytime that you are uh, replaced by a painter, it's time to retire. <laughs> yeah. If there's yeah, that there's your sign. It's like, yeah, no. yeah, we're gonna go back to the painter. Um, boy, uh, well, we can talk on that a little bit if you want, but uh, no, no, um, those that understand, understand. Yeah, he's throwing in his Which shoes. Is, I, I want to yeah. find his statement here so I can read it because uh, it is a, it's just a classic David LaRoth kind of statement. <laughs> Lee, what's that shoe? That shoe song he had, really good song. Oh, sensible shoes. Yeah, I dig that too. Sensible. He's throwing it. He's throwing into sensible shoes. You mean? Yeah. And there's like um, a video. I I think it's uh, what's the, the the lead single off that record? Uh, a little ain't enough. Yeah. At the beginning or at the end of that music yeah. video, he pulls up to an arena and it's like 2021 October something, and he's on his retirement tour. Oh really? Yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah. That's interesting. So some. I just know it has mid- midgets. Yeah, every David LaRoth uh, filmed opus has midgets. Oh, my God. That's what it says. It has liner notes or, or like uh, like notes for the script just must have midgets. You know, you know, we've talked about Van Halen, obviously, and, and David LaRoth in the past. And I've even been on Growing Up Rock talking about, um, you know, uh, being introduced to Van Halen and kind of being introduced into hard rock in general. But, but I don't think I've ever really hit the fact that I, at one point uh, I thought – probably like most people that David Lee Roth was the coolest, baddest, ass, you know, just best looking, just like the personification of what a rock star should be uh, to the point where, you know, he could do no wrong, right? Like how could you not want to be around this guy all the time, 24 seven coolest guy in the world. Um, I mean, didn't you have that viewpoint at, at one point too, like the most of the world, like everything was sound bites and just like, uh, Yes. Uh, yeah, no. I know where you're going here. And then you like at this point we kind of know that that might be he's a little too up 
he's always on 11, it seems like. He might be a bit much to take all the time. Well, sure. But back yeah, then, but, but, no, he was the fucking coolest guy on the planet, man. But I think that also... That he was, was what how, Steven how, Tyler, I think, wished he was. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with that. But but in, in, in the zone two of, I think it was easier to craft a persona back in the day, you know, early 70s. Um, to the eighties where you only had what they want you to have, you know, as far as media of that person, you know, like, like famous, mm-hmm. famous actors and, and personalities. Yeah, unless like, so you, you did something tragic that the news had to cover the pretty much the, the, it was basically almost anything about you is basically just promotional only. To the point when, when they, when even Van Halen tried to get back together again in the nineties and stuff, I'm like, why wouldn't you be around? Why wouldn't you want to be around this guy? He's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. Right. But so, I anyway. think the, for me, that's my, when I saw him come out with Van Halen, there was at 98 when, uh, Mitch Malloy decided to tap out. Um, yeah. and, uh, that's what the, one of the first times I'm like, Dave doesn't look cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's got kind of he looked like an old like a, like an old Jewish uh watch fix maker or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, what Dan Spitz? That is not Diamond Dave. Yeah, exactly. Dave 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 Spitz. Or Dan Spitz, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like that was the first crack when you saw him come out and act a bit of goofy where the guys are like, dude. Yeah, maybe. Take it down yeah, I, I also when he was before that he was an, an ambulance driver for a while and you're like, what the hell happened to him, you know? It's just What? Yeah, in the mid '90s, he was a medic for New York City, and he basically drove an ambulance. Uh okay, that's missing. Okay, I gotta check his Wikipedia. I was not aware of that. That's what you do when you get a little. Uh, that's like Steven Seagal being an actual policeman. Yeah, like <laughs> kinda. Except for you know, you could easily see Steven Seagal going, "I'd be a really good cop," and yeah. I don't think I ever watched David Rothman go. You know what? That guy, that guy can probably give CPR with the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you find the article? Yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm all set. So here's Dave's quote. Uh I am throwing in the shoes. I'm retiring. This is the first and only official announcement. You've got the news. Share it with the world. Uh I believe he was talking with the uh let me see here, the Las Vegas Review Journal. So that's who had the okay. that's who got the scoop. Um I've given you all I've got to give. It's been an amazing, great run. No regrets, nothing to say about anybody. I'll miss you all. Stay frosty. Uh, he adds, I am encouraged and compelled to really come to grips with how short time is, and my time is probably even shorter. That's a little cryptic. You know, <laughs> I have to admit, I'm not really sure what he's saying there. Um, I thought I might have been the first member of Van Halen to die, frankly. Hey, Ed, objects in the rearview mirror are probably me. And my doctors, my handlers compelled me to really address that every time I go on stage, I endanger that future. Al, talking about Alex Van Halen, Al and I have been talking. I can't speak for him just yet, but he knows what I'm about to say. We speak to each other constantly, two or three times a day. We laugh like pirates. So, uh, yeah, you can find the entire interview online uh, but where he gets into that stuff. But, yeah, it's, it has since been announced that Alex is going to be joining him for five shows at the Las Vegas residency run. He's calling it a retirement tour, but it's really just a residency in Las Vegas, is my understanding. Yeah, the, thing, the first thing that I grabbed about that you know, whole statement was that really affected me was that the fact that they laughed like pirates. Yes. 
<laughs> right. Like, I, I just, I, I, that was that, or you just laugh normally and then you end with R yeah. <laughs> every time. And, and so, just, yeah, just, just for the like listener's sake, there are only five shows. It looks like it's December 31st, January 1st, 5th, 7th, and 8th at the Mandalay Bay, House of Blues at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas there, which, by the way, is where I saw uh, Danzig uh, play for as my wedding band. Hey! Yeah. And are, like, are pirates known for having senses of humor? I don't really see the joke. Oh, come much. on. Are you kidding? Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum? Oh, that's true. You add you add some liquor to it and you're good to go. Yeah. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on this point, the pirate laugh. Yeah. But uh, Michael Sweet is going to be there with Stripe R. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, that's good. Good callback. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that statement is pure David Lee Roth, though. Here, I'm just going to randomly say this. And then he says something like, if you want to know the reasons, it's locked in a vault or some bullshit or, yeah. or um, whatever it is. But uh, And then I think he says later that these are the last five shows or maybe they won't be or something like yeah, that. Yeah, unless I, they're I, not, I think is what it says. Yeah. It, unless, like he, unless they're one not. of the promo photos for it. The last shows ever, unless it's not. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Classic Dave. You I, know, I mean, we've, uh, I, I think we've both been on the record that, like, it. it isn't fun to kind of watch him now, um, you know, it, because of the, some of the similarities with, with his voice to Paul Stanley's. But at least he's he's a genuine person, you know what I mean? He... There is no bullshit about it. He's not trying to convince you of anything other than this is me now. This is what I'm doing now. Um, you like it? Don't like it. Whatever. I'm going to go right, out and do it. Right. And I've, I, I can at least respect it uh, just because it's not for me. That's okay. So some might say going out on top. Some might be saying going out a little too late. It doesn't matter. Dave, you gave us all a fucking ton of entertainment over the years. You've influenced, you've influenced this fucking show for crying out loud. Uh, not to mention how many, I mean, he basically, although is it fair to blame him for Brett Michaels and Janie Lane, stuff like that? I mean, I wouldn't really want that on my, uh, you know, legacy. (laughs) I mean, it's all right. You're always going to have that happen. And, uh, and how dare you? Besmirched the, the great name of Jenny Lane. Oh, I have the help the, the sacred cow. Oh God, that's right. I saw red. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> Just because of that. Um, yeah. Um, Where the down say, boys he, go? He, bring it back to Van Halen. Bring it back to David Lee Roth. Listen, <laughs> it's a picture of David Lee Roth, and next to it is Jenny Lane. It's derp. <laughs> I know what that means. But I do again, know your mean that, game uh, is as whack as your drip. Yeah. So David Lee Roth has given us so much, <laughs> a huge, huge body of work. And what, uh, but I do not include in that body of work his bluegrass versions of Jump and other Van Halen classics mm. from the uh, late 90s, early 2000s when he was traveling on the Today and Good Morning America circuit. Do you remember this? A little bit. That, that's always been like the rub for me with Dave as an artist. Even like in Van Halen, he would do some of that. I remember the first time you hear something like Happy Trails, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then you realize this dude is really <laughs> into that stuff. He's not, <laughs> you know, this is this is a part of who he is. You know, and it's like, eh, you know, maybe not so much that stuff, Dave. So, uh, no, but, I, but his highs for see? me yeah. are so high. I mean, of course, it's it just and his lows, they're they're pretty low, but uh, the, the the highs are, are good enough. And there's so many of them. I, I don't give a shit. Uh, nothing but respect for David LaRoth as as a singer. Uh, a performer and a fucking human being who can prattle on with the best of them. 
I just can't wait for the Van Halen documentary, though, that it shows the making of Diver Down and David Lee Roth is digging in his heels and he's saying, if you don't put fucking happy trails on this album, I am walking. <laughs> and four other horrible covers. Yes. And, and and once he got happy trails in, then he's like, now I'm going to put in. Uh, I am God. <laughs> I am God. We're going to this is all going to be covers. Once you get happy trails in, you can get whatever you want in the band. What do you think? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You win that fight. There's a, uh, <laughs> you know, you, it could go two ways. It could go that direction or it could be like, all right, you understand that by getting happy trails, you get nothing else. It's like it's like that kid that kid who really wants that one really expensive gift for Christmas and the the trade off is that you're only getting one gift while your one your gift. siblings all have 15 each. You have to sit right. there and while they open presents. And of course the kid's going to hate it and then cry and then I'm getting a couple extra presents anyway. So I just think that that's that should be the whole turning point of of the Van Halen story. Fuck this whole thing about putting keyboards in 84 or whatever fights is. Happy Trails was the breaking point. Oh. I think we can dial it down to that. I, in my opinion, it would be. I, I never really had a problem with the keyboards in Van Halen, man. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, but no, that, I think that's the, the way to do it. And I also think it's a very crafty way of finally uh, selling those remaining tickets that need to be done at that five-day five run in, in Vegas. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it definitely will help. And I think it's really cool that Alex is doing it, too. Um, sure. You, know, you literally don't hear anything from him. That guy, you know, uh, probably for the best, doesn't have does not have any like web presence, really. No social media, anything. So, no. Um, no. And look, and, and when you see how uh, his nephew acts on Twitter and has to deal with these nuts that are Van Halen fans, well, probably good. Good for Alex's sanity to like, I don't want to answer these fucking knuckleheads nonstop. So. I also think he has no web presence because we have the same. I think we have the same zone of how uh, Paul Stanley tweets from an old, old uh, <laughs> PC PC on a cat. What was that? Describe your how he, how he set up this. Yeah, it was like some fucking indoor hammock with a. Just for somehow he's got a still got a cathode ray tube fucking uh, Windows ninety five. You know, yeah, dial up with, modem. Same thing with Alex. Alex is a dial still using AOL. Yeah, he's still mastering like hearts or something like that, you know, but uh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Some solitaire. Yeah, he said that's all he uses as a computer for is to play solitaire. <laughs> solitaire is good. <laughs> One function. <laughs>
some sensible shoes. Sensible shoes. Some sensible shoes. One of our mascots, Vince Neal, in the news again, as he always uh, nice uh, seems to seems to seems to make the headlines, and uh, he fell off a stage <laughs> on one of his uh, one of his solo tours. Yeah, yeah, when I ran Snark at the Moon, I I, I used to. Um, Every night on the Snark at the Moon page, I would share a video of somebody falling on stage or off a stage just because, you know, there is a comedic value to this. Uh, And uh, I think people have, you know, I know people are sensitive and we we have you you constantly are reminded of like PC culture kind of, you know, uh, nothing can be offensive or anything like that. But I think we really have fucking lost our goddamn minds based on the reaction to Vince Neil breaking two ribs. He's going to be fucking fine, people. And first off, that that whole thing about him breaking two ribs is overblown. It turns out he actually just broke two Mick ribs. <laughs> yeah, he had him like stuffed in his pocket because there, you know, there, there's no Chipotle nearby. So for he, <laughs> right. he, he was going to eat those <laughs> during the 20 minute offstage jam that uh, that he does every right. night. Yeah, <laughs> he broke. It's, it's like it's his. It's like his whole thing about uh, break glass in case of emergency. You just have when I have two McRibs in po- in pockets at all times, yeah. just in case you get hunger hunger pangs. He travels with emergency McRibs. <laughs> it's okay. I got a McRib. Anybody else want one? You can't have it. <laughs> just kidding. Oh my god, he's got to be like that. I don't know. I did you ever see Joey from Friends? His whole deal with food. He didn't like nobody touches Joey's food. That's got to be. That's right. That's Vince Neil. He's got to be like a like a dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he get close. He starts growling. Oh. Except except Vince Neil's growl is more like. <laughs> Vince Neil falls off stage and breaks two McRibs. <laughs> That's the headline. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, but yeah, I had a, 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 a bunch of different groups or people were posting like, I really hope the best for Vince. This is horrible. Uh, I, I just hope he's going to be okay. I pray for him. All It's like, people, he's going to be fucking fine. Okay? This, 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 this isn't the end of the world. It was kind of funny to watch. And, and if you can't... Look, we know he's okay, so it's okay to laugh, right? I mean, he... Right. I mean, it's also just fucking Vince Neal, you know. It's, yeah. it's, Here, I'll give you an example of that. The first off, you know, a stage. It's not, not like it was Justin Trudeau, which would just be a crime. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And a little, little Canada facts there. And then, uh, and, and when every time I hear Justin Trudeau, I, I think of the uh, the I think that somebody is about to give me a Doonesbury joke, <laughs> and then I realize it's somebody else. But anyway, mm. so the you know a, a stage is you know what three feet four feet. Yeah, Fall. this is a yeah, four to five. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, probably four. Let's okay. say four. Okay, so you know, a little taller than Vince. Listen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody ever gave me sympathy when they saw me in a boot after I slipped on some fucking uh, toys and took took a tumble down bingo down some stairs. Yes, they, they, I broke I broke my ankle. That's actually bone. You know, the rib. It's not McRibs. It's actual. <laughs> it's an actual. 
bone that was broken. Nobody gave me any sympathy. They thought the story was kind of amusing. Hey, dumbass, look on the stairs next time. Yeah, slipped on my stairs a few months after that, broke a wrist. Nothing but yeah. fucking mockery. You know what? It, it didn't hurt just, my feelings either, you know? Right. It was always like, yeah, you're a podcaster. You're fragile. That was basically that what it was what I was told. The, and, the, and people move on. The, the biggest rub here is though the idea that Vince Neil gives a fuck that you're praying for him is just laughable. This guy, this guy doesn't give a shit about anything. He that's his mo, man. I don't care. Period. I'm fat. Don't care. I can't sing. Don't care. Uh, I I'm just gonna show up, fucking cash a check, and flip you all off on the way out. Thanks for coming. Right. I mean, the only thing he prays for is when he's in the drive-thru at McDonald's and it's 1159 because they don't <laughs> shut the lights off before he gets to window number two. Oh, man. Yeah, if he's in the drive-thru, he's probably fucking hammered, too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The Las Vegas uh, McDonald's is open 24 hours. Oh, okay. Well, it's fine then. Yeah, See? Yeah. Prayer's answered. <laughs> poor, poor Vince. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, anything else on him? You got another? Yeah, I another, thought it was uh, kind of ironic that uh, about a week later, <laughs> Nikki Six uh, gets a headline, and the, the headline is this. Uh, oh, of course, now I got an ad fucking popped up on the whole goddamn page. <sighs> well, for what? what? What is it? What are you being it, advertised? It's some fucking pog spam. You know, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got to start using yeah. Duck Duck Go. Um, Nikki Six. Here's a headline. A Nikki Six stresses the importance of being in shape for a large tour. So I just think you know, uh, it's a little funny because you know I've been hearing that Vince has looked better, and that in the video I saw there, uh, I didn't watch enough to see how he sounded, but he looked the same as he's always looked. So I didn't. If he's putting in some hard work, I'm not seeing it. I think it's funny that this you know, Nikki says it's important to stay in shape, and Vince is like, challenge accepted. You know, so. I did hear that that uh, <clears throat> for the stage design now that the the crew stage is surrounded by fishers nets. <laughs> they got to do something. Yeah, and and you know Vince is a pro. I don't know. Look, you, you, a lot of I don't know what the the lighting was like f- from from his view. A lot of times you can't see where the edge of the stage right. is, but you can always see where the monitors are, and that's the rule I've always heard. Is like, do not walk past the monitors. If you do, you're, you're kind of doing it at your own peril, and that's where this shit yeah. happened. So, and it was hilarious because I think he had to get. Like a, was he wearing a guitar when he fell off, or did he already hand it off? I can't remember. Oh, so he's about to do the same old situation. He's got the acoustic guitar. That's yeah, they were playing um, uh, uh, Don't Go Away Mad. Mad? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's the two. Um, There's the two. He, str- he straps. He likes to strap one on for the audience. Yeah, pretend to. Uh, yeah, he, it's an acoustic for uh, Don't Go Away Mad, and it's an electric for Sambled Situation, but where go. he pretends to play guitar. Uh, he, where he goes, uh, he's like Eric Singer at a piano. You know what I mean? Um, so. Sure. I know what you're saying, but 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 also that I've heard also for safety that uh, they have him now. You know those invisible fences for dogs. <laughs> they have him wearing a collar, so it shocks if he goes too close to the edge of the stage. That's a nice safety precaution, I think. They're gonna um, from now on. Vince is gonna be performing in one of those uh, flaming lips balls. <laughs> you know that the guy walks out into the crowd on. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a yeah. giant ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sure. So even if he rolls into the photo pit, he's just going to get stuck there. He ain't going to get hurt. Or he has to wear one of those big uh, sumo wrestler outfits, <laughs> so he just bounces around. <laughs> Isn't that what his body is? I guess so. It's <laughs> already set. He cushioned his own fall. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't it be great if you saw him fall off the stage? He just bounced right back up. Oh. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
like a trampoline. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. Just imagine. Now I'm trying to imagine Vince crowd surfing and the poor people trying to hold him up. It's just like... <laughs> Listen, man, get back on stage. I don't care if your plane looks to kill. You're killing me. <laughs> I, I'm not happy Vince broke two ribs. I just don't care. I, McRibs, again, it's, it's not a big you deal. You can just go to McDonald's and get a couple more. Get two more, finish a song. Someone, quick, get the paramedics over here. We need someone to go to McDonald's and get two McRibs. Stat, Vince, you're going to have to wait till after the show to eat. eat. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it, Dana. I just can't. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was kind of funny because, like, the band, you know, they, they didn't know exactly what was going on, and they just kept playing. And then the guitar player yeah. kind of sees it, and then you see Dana Strum kind of come over, and, and he kind of looks down like, oh, my God, what the fuck? You know, they're... It, it has to be kind of weird, like, in that situation, is it insensitive to keep playing? You, you really can't probably see what's going on, clearly, other sure. than that your singer has gone into this uh, black little cavity in front of the audience, so oh. it's sucked into the vortex. Get well, Vince. Ice up, son. you about something uh lc something that's been bothering me that i've just kind of kept bottled up and i want to make sure i understand this you're telling me that you've bottled up something because this is the first (laughs) well it's about to become unbottled uh uh, okay then my boy ron keel uh he uh he's kind of really taken the whole hot tub bit to heart so much to the point that he is now literally just taking it and and a la ken mills you think there's any fucking credit given no no, he, uh, for those who are Ron Keel Patreons, he uh, had a contest, and he announced the winner, and he made a big deal. It was like, and you know where I'm going to be doing it? I'm going to be announcing the winner from the hot tub, live from the hot tub. I'm like, mm. I'm like seriously, Ron? You, you, you took Kilo Hall from me and didn't fucking say anything. So now this. So, yeah, now that's my next beef. I am now have a beef to squash with Ron Keel. I think we call that in the industry a teaser. Mm. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Stay tuned. It may or may not happen. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's get back to the news here. Um, it seems like all of our icon, all of our mascots are in the news lately. So Sebastian Bach, uh, there was a recent article where you know Doc McGee. The headline was basically that he had to explain why. The Sebastian Bach. I saw that. Did yeah, kind of. Did not. Kind of. I don't know what. It, what. What. What is Doc promoting any, anymore? Is it just the Kiss Cruise? I don't know. Carry on. 
who knows? But but basically, it was yeah. Doc McGee, I guess, was the. It wasn't Sebastian Bach's quote, but it was Doc McGee that said he had to explain back in the day why Sebastian Bach didn't get any publishing money, and it was basically a pretty snarky remark saying, "Hey, it's because he didn't write anything," and that was it. Duh, don't you understand? Isn't that kind of the summary? Yeah, it was actually from that um, VH1 show. What was it called? Uh, Supergroup. Okay, so it was, it, he had to talk to him. Then, yeah, it's actually there's actually footage of it, but uh, yeah, and and Doc downplays the, that whole show, saying, "Yeah, I was I was kind of tricked into doing it, or you know, a buddy of mine made me do it, and you know, it was really just a horrible show, and I didn't know anything. Who's going to be involved? Blah blah blah." And then yeah, so he. He, he, and then your quote is pretty accurate. It's basically Doc saying, you didn't get publishing because you didn't write the songs. Duh. Yeah. C- can I just go into what, what I think this is? Yeah. And his all has been. Yeah. This is since, basically since Sebastian Bach and, and Skid Row uh, broke up, there has been a very planned smear campaign to make Sebastian Bach seem much Less intelligent than he actually is, and I can, and it goes right back to this. It, from and Doc McGee, you know, used to be a manager of Skid Row. He has taken the Skid Row guys, everybody else's side on it, and he is combined with tons of people in the industry who have continuously made it seem like Sebastian Bach is amazingly stupid. And I'm not telling you that he is a very smart man, <laughs> but I think they have they have taken it too far, Bacco, smearing this good man's name. I mean, it's like, come on, man, let's do this. Let's go out and party. Let's rock and roll. Let's give the fans what they want. <laughs> my, my Sebastian's not coming to be normal today. Yeah. Yeah. For, well, my thoughts are a couple things. If if there's a smear campaign to make him look stupid, I think Sebastian's part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is this. From all the articles out there, um, I'm going to tell you what. If I if I've got a thousand dollars to put down on who I'm going to bet bet for or against, and Tommy Lee and Sebastian Bach are are you smarter than the third grader? I'm putting all my money on Sebastian Bach. He's gonna he's gonna win. Okay, fair enough. He did have Canadian schooling, so it's a little better than what Tommy had in California. There. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I'm saying. But, all, but there's another part to this too. Doc's answer is bullshit. I mean, mm. ask Paul McCartney. Did Michael Jackson also. write his fucking songs? You know, I mean, uh, he owned the publishing to the Beatles. You know, th- th- ask Billy Joel how much the guy who owned all of his publishing did, you know, work he, that guy did in writing these songs. It happens all the time. Here's the true answer. Sebastian didn't get publishing because Dave and Snake didn't give him any. And if and if they decided that Richie Sambora and John Bon Jovi needed it more than Sebastian. And look, I, I, I'm being kind of cute. Oh, that's true. The first album, they gave all their their. Uh, I don't know what the percentage to, was, but those guys got a well, cut. And, and, and a big chunk. Sebastian claims that Richie actually gave his back um, yeah. once they kind of broke. But uh, now that was more a deal done to kind of get those two to, you know, it was a way to pay Bon Jovi. It's basically fucking payola. They're, they paid Bon Jovi and Richie Sambor to say nice things about Skid Row, fellow New Jersey guys. You know what I mean? Um, and the, you know what? Maybe it worked. Maybe it helped. I have no idea. That that first record and, and Slave to the Grind, you know, they, they stand on their own as as just really killer albums. I uh, they may have done fine without that help. Is all I'm getting at. And I'll tell you this: they don't. They're not. Those two, the principal songwriters, they do not have to give publishing to anybody. I think Sebastian deserves some publishing is all I'm getting at. That guy helped shape the sound of that band. And if you don't think that that fucking matters to the success, I think Sebastian and his voice and the way he sings 
is far more important than the help uh, Richie Sambora and John Bon Jovi gave them. Now that was more of a, a a pre you know like a business decision before they made it, but they definitely could have. It has zero to do with the fact that Sebastian did or did not write songs. And you know what? Listen to what Skid Row has done without Sebastian. Listen to what Sebastian's done. I'm taking Sebastian's work post Skid Row over the crap Skid Row's put out. Yeah, they both put out a lot of crap, but I will take. I'll, take, I'll say that Sebastian does edge Skid Row definitely. I think it's but more than an edge. Other thing too. I think there, there's actually yeah. some yeah. really yeah. good songs from. Look, I don't think he's done a great album. Uh, that's right. not not where I was going with that, but uh, I think he's got a handful. Maybe of, An- maybe Angel Angel Down is the closest thing to a good album. And still, that one is has some junk on it, but it's probably the best. Closest I don't. Th- I can't think of one song Skid Row has done that I liked since Sebastian. Not ghost. There's a song called Ghost. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it. So, but uh, but with that said, I'll also tell you this. I forgot to mention this on the smear campaign. Yes, Sebastian's problem is he responds to all smears, you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know negative negative things put his way. He responds to all trolls. That's that's you know basically Internet 101 not to do. But my point is, it was not just that. For years, and you've probably seen this too, detailed articles about how bad he sucks live. You would think like you would you would hear this like he can't pull it off anymore. I would see all these articles, yeah. and then I go see him a couple of years ago and was shocked. And I'm a guy that can smoke out fucking tricks and tapes and stuff like that, especially when I'm up close all the time. <laughs> fucking nailed it, great. Are you, what you don't think so? You don't think that I can I could tell? Is that a snort? <laughs> yeah, that was a snort. <laughs> Okay, rock Listen, and roll detective LC Fox. I am a rock and roll. That detective. is a backing yeah, track. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> and Listen. and uh, orange amp. Revenge was the most successful non-makeup tour because the one show I went to was packed. I, you think I said that? I never said that. Anyway, my point is, is that <laughs> that that there's all this negative stuff. I think more than any other like ex vocalist of. Of of a, of a band saying that he's bad live and he's not bad live at least the show I saw anyway I think there's a smear campaign against yeah we he's just he, so I I I I think you're onto something there a little bit uh, because we've hypothesized since you know pretty much the inception of the show like this is this one doesn't make any sense what really happened that these guys haven't found a way to go out and do one fucking tour you know what I mean, it, I mean. It, it just and. Yeah, look, and I don't care. You do it or don't do it, and you let me know if you do. Uh, you know, I'm not really championing that. Oh, you guys are idiots for not doing it. No, you're fucking free to do whatever the hell you want. You know what I mean? You know, the, the but that said, it just seems like man, there's been bigger fucking grievances that got over. You know, when a, a you know some money was thrown in front of it. But uh, yeah, I I saw some. Um, now these were just like cell phone videos of his recent performance here in Minnesota. Because some people were talking about how bad he sounded, and I watched like three clips, and I'm like, I'm not hearing it. But I also right. I also just did the exact same thing with their current singer. Some like people shredding them for like, oh, this guy is totally out of key, you know, like what? And I listened to it, and I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Again, I'm not there. It, it might sound a little different live, but if things like being in key, you can actually probably tell a little easier from a cell phone video than through a live PA. Uh, but all I'm getting at is that people are fickle. They say shit. They think they know they're, they're fucking experts. They think, oh, I'm L.C. Fox. I can tell if they're using a click track. Uh. No, I'm just kidding. L.C. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Fox, rock and roll sound detective. 
That's what I am. Yeah. First check. Hey, I'm a guy who can fish orange. that shit out. <laughs> That's right. First first thing, orange amp, yes or no, mm. check. Yep, if that, that's all, that's really all you need to see. Oh, well, I don't see any orange apps up there. They're clearly playing to a backing tape. Right. Yes. So I'm saying because because orange amps they don't they're not bluetooth enabled. This is why you so. don't understand the black t-shirt because you see an orange amp and you go, "This is going to be awesome." I see an orange amp and I'm like, "Man, that is the ugliest fucking thing on stage." So, mm. yeah. Anyway. Uh, by the way, so- uh, orange amps are fucking pretty solid, goddamn amps. They're they're well well overpriced, but they uh, they fucking deliver. They're kind of like a Mesa Boogie in the in the price category, though. I got right, right now. That was the most shocking thing you'll say this episode. All right, let's go to the next <laughs> next subject. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. By the way, uh, just real quick, Bobby Blotzer, you're on deck. Do something stupid. that keeps kind of slamming back in our face, <laughs> leaving a stamp. Hey, uh, Dave Ellison is, well, when I had Toomey on uh, for one of my Plus One episodes, and we talked about it, some video that Dave posted where he's like, this is Dave Ellison coming straight to you. And, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> probably not the best choice of words right now, Dave. Uh, and he, right. he had another, uh, I think this was on the Eddie Trunk show, uh, but the... Yeah. <laughs> Talking about, you know, his legacy with, with, with Megadeth. Uh, how did he say this with a straight face? He uh, Come on. Ellison leaves. He said, my DNA is all over Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh intentional? Got to be. Uh, well, you didn't think so yesterday. I thought that you would definitely go that way because you thought, like Mitch Malloy said, the uh, the great whites. As as an ode to our show, but hundred uh, percent, yeah, hundred percent ode. But uh, no, I, 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 man, it was probably just a poor choice of words. But Jesus Christ, I mean, yeah. and the thing is that, like, I wanted to like post and rip it, but the best thing I could come up with was just like, come on, man, what what the fuck are you doing? He's either okay. So you're right. Um, I'll go the other direction. I, I give it more thought, saying that because I'm like, how can you not? Not intentionally say that, but uh, I'll go the other direction, saying that that if that's true, that he does not understand what he's saying, then then he needs 
he is basically Tom Cruise jumping up on the couch on Oprah Winfrey, mm. where he needs a handler. He needs a PR person. He needs somebody <laughs> to, to not allow him to speak or say anything. He probably can't um, afford one. That, <laughs> well, that's, that may be true. Um, and, and, and because, because he needs to stop talking, but I will say that I also heard him on, uh, the, the Toomey interview recently. Yep. Did you have a chance to check that out? I did. And okay. And <clears throat> for about 10 minutes, um, did Ellison talks in analogies involving highways and fast lanes and, and being on the side and caution signs and, and basically talks himself in a circle where, where that's where I think he needs a handler is he needs better analogies too. Yeah, and he's, he what, he's promoting to, his, his new band. What are they called? The, the, the flaccid? I think it's called lucid, which I think he needs a, a very lucid book of analogies to use that does not involve DNA and the word coming. <laughs> I was watching a football game with him by by chance. Did you know that uh, Dave Ellison swung by and watched the Viking games? And he just uh, he, he he would say things like, you know, I really like the way they penetrated that hole. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh man, you got to make a pass at that tight end. That's right. Zing. Those are stolen jokes, by the way, people. I, I stole those jokes. Right. Of course. And, and I inserted it into this uh, conversation. So. Inserted. See, nothing. He can't say anything that has to do with any kind of forward and retracting motion. You can't do anything that has to do. You can't with talk about how in. hard something is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe you, you know what? Maybe we should offer our services. We can put together a list of words you cannot say or phrases. You know, like colloquialisms. You cannot say my DNA is all over anything. Don't ever say that. Uh, so we'll start there. Yeah. Don't use the word hard. Um, um, erect. You certainly, probably. Can't, you certainly, you certainly can't be a valet. You know, like pull in, pull in. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, there's certain jobs he can't have. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you you want to stay away from talking about your hands, right? Uh, you, you really can't. That's my point. You just you can't speak. He can't. I'm surprised <laughs> he's back. He's he's back in the spotlight already. He needs to not be in the spotlight. He needs to take a year off. He only took a few months off. He said, "Is it seems like like he said like oh things are crazy in May and June." But the thing also in that interview that I noticed, he never actually alludes to the actual incident. He just talks about that. That did you notice that too? Like he never says like, "Hey, you know, it was kind of embarrassing that I was on camera jerking off." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he uh, he dances around it a little bit, which is to be expected. But then, of course. But but if you're doing that, then why are you launching your your DNA being all over everything? You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's sucking you right back in, Dave. Uh, I like I don't know if yeah. he should take a break or not. I, I mean, I, I I think there could be a way to handle this and get in front of it. Um, but if you're not going to insert some humor, then address it s- straight on. Um, and, and yeah, and don't do this circular kind of conversation, you know what I mean? Um, uh, I thought, uh, Josh did his best to kind of keep the thing moving at this, you know, you, you, you kind of have to do a little dance there. It's not like you're going to go, but like, can we talk about, you know, you, you or like kind of go back and I'm like, so, but, but you were jerking off on camera. <laughs> Here's a right. picture I mean, of it. Right. You want to look at this, Dave, that's your face. That's your O face. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, Dave Ellison should just be off camera and really just not in your face. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Don't be such a jerk. <laughs> I don't think we can do. You know, they're all there. These are all obvious, terrible. I mean, this. But this. But what I like about this episode is that you know, when talking I to him, it I, seemed like you're, you're just really tugging on things, trying to get. To, you had to really had to tug on things <laughs> to get it out of him. Yeah, that's true. It was. It was very. It was. You had to really grab onto him tight. <laughs> 
It's like you, you had something. to lube him up, you know what I mean? And get a, <laughs> <laughs> It's a really rough go. Uh, this is the thing I like about this segment is is at the end of Jason six, you know, um, uh, part six, Friday the thirteenth. I was like, you know, there were just there wasn't enough dick jokes in this episode, so it's good we have them back. Yeah, there we go. Oh my god! You want to get out of here? Five knuckle shuffle. Uh, wouldn't that be great if that was the, the lead track on on the Looses album? <laughs> the flaccid. It, no, the flash. The flash is that that was. They got five knuckles, five knuckles, waxing the bishop, uh, <laughs> boxing the clown, boxing the clown. <laughs> playing with the one-eyed monster. Uh, I think we got the whole album written. <laughs> See, that's how you fucking follow up that video. It's like oh, I got kicked out uh, of Megadeth, and you think I got jokes? I got jokes, people. That's right. Oh, yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, once again, we, we end with something that makes me feel like I got to take a, a yet another shower today. So, Yeah, that's good. Uh, I would start with one. You want to get out of here? Yeah, man. Uh, it was fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's time to wrap it up. Okay. Rock is not dead. But it's got its DNA everywhere. Yeah, I think so. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.